We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane, and the Lakers come up short against the Phoenix Suns. Not what we wanted to see. This was a rough performance from the Lakers on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome in those of you joining from YouTube, from X, uh, over on Facebook as well. We've got a lot to talk about today. And joining me, we may need it. I've got Matt, the Optimist Peralta. Matt, how are you doing? Um... I am cold. I am sad. Um, you know, Trevor, the good thing about these Sunday matinee games is that you get the rest of your day to to do other things, to take your mind off of stuff like this. And so after this post-game show, I think I will treat myself to a beverage, maybe some food, um, turn on something that'll make me happier. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I definitely don't blame you for that. I think that is one advantage of having these early games is... The fact that this was an early game, do you believe that had anything to do with the Lakers' atrocious start? They lose the first quarter 45-28 to and just could never close the gap. They played much better in the second, much better in the third. Then the wheels kind of fell off a bit in the fourth, but they could never get over the hurt. We're playing from behind essentially the entire game. In fact, I think we're playing behind from behind the entire game. Um that first quarter, is it the early start? Was it the lack of preparation or something? What, what do you attribute that to? I mean, I'm sure it's probably both. I mean, I think it would be important to remember that this is the third game in four days for the Lakers. Um, sure. And also they've been on the road, so had to travel. Um, that being said, though, I don't think there's any excuse to give up 45 points in a quarter, let alone the first one. Um, I just thought that would kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. I know mm -hmm. the Lakers got it within two points in the second half. Um, I think that's kind of more of an indictment on the Suns, if anything. But I don't think the Lakers did themselves any favors by going down that many so early and then having to play basically the same seven, eight guys to get back into the game. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers were definitely shorthanded in this one, and that was that was part of it. Now, that's not to say that's a reason why they lost. The Suns were shorthanded as well, did not have Eric Gordon, did not have Bradley Beal. Obviously, that's, that's a, a, a big, big problem for them. But they were able to overcome that. The Lakers, uh, no Cam Reddish, who was questionable for this game, was out running around before the game. Editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkan got some footage of that, but he was a no-go, which is unfortunate. Could have used his defense on Kevin Durant. Jared Vanderbilt gave Vincent Christian Wood out. So the Lakers essentially had nine guys they could play in the rotation here. Um, this has been tough for the Lakers to find a rhythm with so many guys constantly out. But again, I can't even look at that and say that's why they lost this game because the Suns were missing guys that they typically would rely upon. Yeah, look, I, I think we're past the point of health and player availability for the reasons why the Lakers lose. I think it's a pretty valid 
you know point to make early in the season but at this point i think you know who your main guys are i think that you have to just find ways to make it work um i'm sure we will talk about some rotation and substitution choices in a second but uh i mean overall look like the lakers got this within two points late in the second half mm -hmm. this was a very winnable game for them and then i think we have seen this story play out a bunch of times now is that they go down big they climb back uh deficit too big to overcome fall short, run out of gas, whatever analogy, metaphor you want to use. And that's exactly how things looked in the fourth quarter today. Is that the uh, the the legendary fake comeback? Is that <laughs> what we're talking about right now? I think so. And man, I, I think I tweeted this during the game, but I this roller coaster today was nauseating. Like there were there were more swings in this game than I think I'm accustomed to. Cause normally the Lakers will just be down for most of it and then they yeah. make a big, big run. But I just thought, you know, Suns go up 14, 15, whatever. Lakers get back within six, seven, Suns back up 16, Lakers make another run. And I feel like that just happened from the second quarter onwards. There were a few moments where I believed, where I thought, okay, here we go. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna come back. And then no. Uh, taking a quick look at the at the box score again. Start with the Lakers, twenty-two and fourteen for Anthony Davis. Two blocks, three steals. You go, okay, that that's not bad, right? That's not bad. Thirteen for Rui, twenty-eight, seven and twelve for LeBron. Okay, right. D'Lo, twenty points. Austin, fourteen, four and four. But I didn't think he had that great a, a performance. Two of seven from three. No other Laker really got going. But you look at that, you think, okay, that's that's not terrible. They shot fifty-two percent from the field, forty-three percent from three. That's great. And then you go look at the Suns, and I'll tell you what jumps off the page. Yusuf Nurkic, 18 points, 22 rebounds, seven of them offensive, seven assists, one steal, one block. That's the game. Yeah. That's it. Game, game over. You can't have Yusuf Nurkic outplay Anthony Davis. That can't happen, right? The In previous matchups, your, Nurkic has been having nightmares about AD. On this game, the Lakers could not control the glass. 14 offensive rebounds. That's ball game when you're playing up against a team that's shooting 43% from three on the night. The Lakers offense was just fine. They could not get a rebound to save their lives. This is the second game in a row we've seen it happen. We saw it happen against the Spurs as well. They gave up 16 offensive rebounds in that one. In my mind, the Lakers shot themselves in the foot in this game by not taking care of the glass. And then the Suns scored off a lot of the Lakers turnovers. But uh, the biggest problem, it was the boards. And the Lakers were terrible there. Yeah, so I'm going to say one thing is that I definitely agree. I think rebounding was by far the biggest issue. I think the total rebounding deficit was 55-40 in favor of Phoenix. I, I, that's off the top of my head. I'm not entirely sure. But you know, right. ESPN sometimes lags a bit behind. Right now, they're showing 51-34. Uh, but okay. again, sometimes those stats do lag a bit behind after the game. So. Yeah, so, I mean, rebounding one, but, you know, it's funny. You looked at the box store and you looked at the Yosef Nurkic line first. The, the first yeah. thing I went to was actually Grayson Allen and Royce O'Neal going 12 mm. for 22 from three. Yes. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because that's almost kind of what you wanted if you were the Lakers, is them taking that many shots and double, triple teaming even Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. It's just the role guys really stepped up for the Suns and made the Lakers pay every time they got them in defensive rotations. And... I will say that this is the benefit of having plenty of shooting around your stars, something the Lakers have not had for years now. And yeah. this is what happens is role players like, like Royce O'Neal and Grayson Allen will make you pay. And I also thought that was a big contributor for why the Lakers lost today. Absolutely. Uh, the Suns role players definitely stepped up big time. And I'll tell you what makes it hurt even worse is the Lakers were in negotiations to oh. try to get Royce O'Neal for themselves. 
Uh, and it did not work out. The, the Nets were asking for a ton. I, I think there was a bit of a Lakers tax at play there. I also yep. think it's why the Suns went up to three second round picks to get him. Uh, but he made a difference. Now, the Lakers would have had to sacrifice Torian Prince plus another probably minimum contract in order to make it happen plus second round picks. But looking at this game, you're looking at Royce O'Neal and thinking, yeah, that probably would have would have helped the Lakers in this one. I mean, especially when you've got people like Vando, um, yes. Cam Reddish out, just having more, you know, able-bodied wing-sized players that can reliably hit threes. Like, you can just never have enough of those guys. So For sure. All right, let's get into uh, some of our, our chat questions here. Andrew said, my God, I hate talking about the refs, but what were they doing this game? Nurkic had more free throws than AD and Braun combined. Not to say the Lakers weren't terrible, but we got to be better. This was unacceptable as a team. I, I thought it was a rough game for the officials, but I also don't think the officials were why the Lakers lost the game. But I, I just thought they overall, there were a number of poor plays. I thought both teams probably leave the game going, man, the refs kind of suck today. Oh, yeah, no, I think definitely home cooking was that play here. And I mean, I thought it was funny, too. I think when the game was basically out of hand already, LeBron said, look, I'm going to just show you guys that I'm getting fouled and not getting calls and yeah. that on a couple possessions. I thought it was just <laughs> it was it was a little petty and I and I have to appreciate it. So I wanted to bring it up. But I mean, it does it does stand to reason, though. Like, look, it's not like the Lakers aren't trying to generate fouls. I mean, their M.O. is literally dominate, crash the paint, the boards, whatever, get to the, foul, the free throw line to make up for the three point disparity. But mm -hmm. I just kind of feel like they have been shafted by officials almost the entire season. Um, there are some blatant calls. I think there was one where Nurkic got hit in the head. I think LeBron had that same call, but no call. Yep. It's just call the game the same. Like, it's not that hard, at least in my opinion. But uh, that's just me as a frustrated fan on the losing side of this game. <laughs> Somebody hit me up on, on Twitter with a picture of that. I don't know her name. The female referee saying son's sixth man of the game. I mean, um, honestly, she was the one on a lot of the end of those calls. And a lot of those calls that were getting reviewed and stuff. It, it was, it was her, but um, it, it was a rough game from that, from that perspective. Uh, the officiating was, it was not good. The reviews uh, were, were crazy. And I loved it that, and uh, we've been plenty critical of Darwin, but I love that the announced crew shared this. That when the Lakers challenged that call on LeBron, that hold that was called when he was defending Kevin Durant, the refs came over and said, "Hey, coach, you you won the the challenge." Darvin, well, that didn't satisfy him. That didn't make him happy. He said, "Yeah, but why do we have to to use a challenge to burn a challenge to get the right call?" And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And how many times this year have we seen NBA officials go to a challenge and still get it wrong? Yep. It's it's all you can do is laugh. All you can do, do is you, laugh because it's been so bad. Do you like the ability to challenge calls? I think I do, but I'll tell you what, it's even more aggravating when they challenge and then it's still wrong. Right. I think but for I me, think overall, I think I do. Okay. I think you and I differ here because I personally don't like the fact that they're one, they're not regulating how long it takes to review a call. And then two, okay. it just messes up and messes I'm up with the you game flow. And then, yeah, I mean, to your point, like they'll look at it and still get the call wrong. Like at this point, like I'm, I think I would be more satisfied looking at a call. They get it wrong, but then we move on with the game. Like at, mm -hmm. at least like there's that, like, I don't have to like sit for like five, 10 minutes. Like that third quarter where we had three, I think review calls in a row. I was like, what is happening? That was like almost like 10 minutes of real time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a long time just sitting, you know, no, no action taking place. Shay Jordan said master lock our start refs and rebounds all three. Oh, there's we're embarrassing. a shortage of things. 
I, I think he's he's one, two, three, right on all those. Jay Delgado, forget about the free throw disparity. You can't expect to win when the difference in rebounds is almost 20. What did, what did the Lakers do in terms of rebounding? They're not a great rebounding team. We saw early in the season the second-chance scoring opportunities were a huge problem. Like They were losing games because of it. They didn't like fix it, but they at least became respectable in that at least on the uh, on controlling the defensive glass uh, midway through the season. And now we're seeing a few games where it's reverted back. Is this Torian Prince getting minutes at the four? Is that the problem? Is it no Jared Vanderbilt? What or is it? I'm seeing a lot of mid range rebounds, like the long bounces that mm -hmm. the Lakers are not getting to. Who? How do you fix this? Who do you put the blame on for this? What's clearly becoming an ugly problem again that we thought was already solved yeah i mean like I, I think it's more of a collective issue thing like i know anthony davis is doing his job you know down in the paint but i think mm -hmm. it's you gotta have to go back to fundamentals of gang rebounding putting a body on a player boxing out um and i think you know you see a lot of these long rebounds going because you know the guards are kind of standing around the top of the key like waiting for the ball to bounce to them versus going after it um also you know again seeking a body to make sure like you know you're not getting beat to the ball so i i just kind of think that's like a coaching um coaching emphasis thing not so much like a, a size personnel thing although i do think that definitely plays a part when the lakers go small especially with ad off the floor mm -hmm. yeah and it's you know there's no christian wood no jack uh jackson hayes didn't play much in this game but this is also part of why and I'm, I understand why the Lakers didn't make a move in the trade deadline. I, I think the opportunities for them to make a move were not there. But this is why not getting a true backup big, not getting, not making some of the moves that they frankly needed to make. And once again, I, the moves that I had heard about, had they made them, like people would be upset with the Lakers for having given up so much. But, um, but not making a move, these problems just never got solved. And now you've got, it just continues to perpetuate itself. And so I don't, I think collectively, you're right. They need to be better. They need to, to be better when it comes to just getting to the ball, boxing out. They have to pay much more attention to detail. And I'll tell you the frustrating thing, Matt, was last game against the Spurs, Darvin Ham came out of it saying they need to be better at the little things, that these things add up. And again, been plenty critical of Darvin Ham, but he's absolutely right. And I thought this game was a great example of why the little things matter so much. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, look this this team does not have a lot of room for error they need to win on every single margin that they can and if they don't this is kind of what happens right um you know the sad part is if the lakers had played the first quarter like they played the last three i think they probably win this game um good point and so that's kind of the bummer right is that it takes like the proverbial wake-up call to start playing the way you need to to win these sorts of games especially you know this one stings for me particularly because of mm -hmm. where the standings are given the play-in yes. tournament race um like don't get me wrong anytime they lose sucks but this one in this one specifically is rough just because there's only like 25 games left i think after today and the lakers are not doing themselves any favors it looks like they'll probably have to win two games if they want to qualify for the playoffs at this point yeah the lakers now officially have fallen to the 10th seed in the western yeah. conference with with this loss um once again this is not this is you know not good uh, for the Lakers. They are now the 10 seed. The Golden State Warriors are sitting in the 9 seed. They play the Nuggets tonight. So if the Nuggets win, then that would flip that. The Lakers would go back up to being the 9 seed. But the Lakers need to make up ground. They are three games behind the Sacramento Kings. Now three and a half games behind the Phoenix Suns. They had an opportunity to make up a lot of ground here with the win over Phoenix. They did not get the job done. And they're four games up on Utah. They're four and a half games up on Houston. 
I think they're going to be in the play-in. Same. But you've had three games since the All-Star break. Three games that we said, this is it. This is the time now. These next three weeks are brutal. We've talked all about the schedule. Everybody knows by now what the Lakers schedule is. They got the Clippers next and how bad the schedule is. They're one and two so far in this stretch. Your odds with those two losses, a loss to the Warriors, a team you're directly competing with, a loss to the Suns, a team you're directly competing with, you've drastically diminished your chances by performing the way they did against the Warriors and the way they did today, drastically diminished their chances of moving up. And that's and that's frustrating. And that, like you said, you're now going to have to probably win two games in a row. It's still possible for them to move up. I mean, you do have two games left against Sacramento, so there's some, some room to make up a lot of ground there. But... The Suns have a very easy, or the the Warriors have a very easy schedule from here on out. The Suns have a difficult schedule, but a big cushion. Matt, I'm worried already that three games in, the chance to move up is already slipping away. I mean, this is going to sound sad coming from the resident optimist, but I think I have already started to accept that reality. I mean, like, it's just not even like um, me not believing in the team. I think this team has shown that it can beat basically every team in the league. Um, but the consistency is just so not there for this team that you don't even know what what version of the team you're going to get every single night. Like, look, Trevor, if you told me right now on Sunday, February 25, that the Lakers are going to blow out the Clippers on Wednesday, I would not be surprised. Sure. I just wouldn't. Yeah, it could happen. I could see it go the other way too. Exactly. Like, I think that outcome is probably more likely, but if you told me LeBron and AD go nuclear and, and destroy the Clippers in the paint and they just hit all their threes, like, that makes sense to me, but if you told me they lay another egg, I also would not be surprised. I think that that accurately describes a team that's in the play-in tournament. <laughs> um, good enough to be in the playoffs, not good enough to be a contender. And I think that is just a sad reality for the Lakers right now. And look, I think we'll do the postmortem whenever the Lakers season ends, but um, there's just no easy fix. Um You know, I feel like Lakers Twitter in general is in shambles because everyone's pointing at one thing or another. And that's just, to me, emblematic of this team has a lot of issues that it needs to figure out. Yeah, a lot of people want to say it's 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 this thing. That's the problem. There's a lot of things I think that are that are the problem right now. Uh, Aqua said this team is flawed, but this coaching surely isn't helping. A.D. four shots and a half helping off of shooters. Spencer Rui almost matching minutes. OMG. I mean, that's a good, that's like kind of proves my point, right? There's just a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch <laughs> of stuff, right? What What's wrong? All this stuff, right? All, all this stuff that you have to look at. Um, AD, you know, the Suns did a decent job a few times of kind of like sending the double and then taking it right back real quick and not and keeping AD off rhythm uh, because he has gotten better at passing out of, uh, of the double. Uh, as far as helping off of shooters, yeah, we saw that. We saw Grayson Allen get open a few times when the Lakers doubled down in the post to help off of shooters. Um, and part of that is your starting backcourt is Austin and D'Lo, and, and those are guys you're going to, when you're defending Devin Booker, those are guys you have to help. But Spencer Dinwiddie, has, oh, I mean, we never said coming in that he was going to be this, you know, destroyer of worlds or something, that he was going to come in and just dominate or anything, but that he could play a role for the Lakers. And I've been a little surprised at the volume of minutes, I thought he would settle into more of like an 18 minute a night type role, maybe an 18 to 20. He was 23 minutes tonight, but one of five, he was 0 for six last game. What is it about the third guard with the Lakers this season? Uh, 
Gabe Vincent played five games and could not buy a three. I forget what the number was at this point. I've repressed it because it was so awful. He's like shooting 9%. Like, I was like 7%. In those five games. Something yeah, like that. it's, it's, yeah, it's it awful, bad. right? Yeah. And now Dinwiddie comes in and he's had two rough shooting games in a row. What are you thinking about, about Spencer Dinwiddie at this point? Two assists, one for five shooting in 23 minutes after going 0 for 6 last game. Yeah, so let me just say that I still think the Dinwiddie move in general, or like I guess in a vacuum, was fine. It's a buyout sure. guy. You're not paying a lot. Not not really committal past the season. So having him on the roster is not the issue. I just think that playing him too many minutes when he's not contributing anything is a problem. Um, and look, I think we should probably talk about the Max Christie thing right now because this is a good segue for it. Um, I, I know Darwin has an affinity for the older players and veteran mm -hmm. players um but i think anyone with eyes can tell you that if spencer's not hitting open threes or contributing anything offensively it's probably good to switch up with probably maybe not even probably maybe just your best per, uh, point of attack defender right now in max um and i wasn't surprised at all that max came in in the third quarter and immediately did good things and then did not see the floor again after that okay um, so Darvin just issued an explanation for what he did with Max. Oh, what timing. Okay. Yeah, great timing. Here's what he said. Uh, he said that Anthony Davis's early foul trouble altered his rotations, and that's why Max Christie didn't get any first-half minutes. Wait, wait. He says the staff still needs to figure out how to balance getting Spencer Dinwiddie and Max minutes. So my guess, and it's just that, because on the surface you go, wait, AD being in foul trouble made it so Max didn't get minutes. My guess would be that Darvin tried to prioritize bigger players alongside Jackson Hayes when it was supposed to be AD in there in which he would feel more comfortable getting away with Max being out there instead of, say, maybe it was Rui. I'd have to go back and look and see exactly who he ran there. That's off the top of my head the only thing that makes sense uh, as far as AD, his foul trouble resulting in Max losing minutes. I think that makes sense i was trying to see it from like the lebron angle too um but yeah no that one's kind of a head scratcher like to me it still doesn't make sense um i know i know they have completely different skill sets but i just think given how the game was going what the lakers needed i, I think they just needed a more defensive oriented dude i don't think the mm -hmm. offense was really much of an issue like mm -hmm. look the lakers gave up 45 points they scored 28 i think 28 and a quarter is you know fine like i think that's like right around average if not right above above average so um yeah, I just kind of think, hey, we can't get stops. Let's put in players that can help us get stops. I, I yeah. think that that's the math on that. Exactly. You've got Max Christie sitting there. He's your best perimeter defender at the, at the guard position right now. And he's just sitting there, plays five minutes. It, it, it's it's shocking. It's shocking. It's frustrating. Um, it, he is the guy that you'd want in there against. A, in fact, look, Matt, just to illustrate, I it was so noticeable. Max checks into the game. The play that he gets put onto Devin Booker, what did the Suns immediately do? Run a screen to get Austin switched back onto Booker and get Max away from him. Now, Austin actually did really well that play and stopped Booker and forced a turnover, but it was obvious. Like the, Even the Suns went, uh-uh, we don't want that. Let's get something else for Devin Booker to, to attack. Why would you not? In a game where you're asking your guards to defend one of the better scores in the NBA, give Max Christie some run. It, it was... Shocking and unfortunate. As Mamba Mentality said, please smash that like button for us. Get this video out to as many people as we can. Go ahead and hit that. We will have the master lock of the afternoon, I guess, in just a moment. Um, here's a good point. And we've got this. Um, 
season was over at the deadline, imagine we had DeJounte Murray in place of Reeves. Keep in mind, it wasn't just Reeves that would have been going out to the Hawks in that kind of a deal. And I don't know that the Hawks were ever ready to pull the trigger on anything sure. uh, with, with the Lakers, with DeJounte Murray. From my understanding, they it was very discombobulated within the Hawks. Like they couldn't figure out what they were doing. Um, but DeJounte Murray, if you could have like Austin, I didn't think he had a good game of this. In fact, I think Austin has had a couple of poor games recently. And the stat line looks okay. You okay, 14 points, four boards, four assists, whatever. But the big moments, Austin just didn't seem to come up up big in them. And this is a game where you needed a 20 point on four for seven from three night out of Austin. You needed six or seven free throws because he's putting pressure on the rim and getting there. And he just didn't quite get that out of out of him. He's kind of settled into being one of the other guys instead of being the other guy, which was the expectation coming into the season. And perhaps we could say the expectation was was wrong or something, but I, it feels like we're still kind of waiting for Austin to step up and really get going. And he's just kind of sh- not performing the way that we would hope that he would be. Yeah, I mean, this is what I was saying, I think, a couple shows ago, is that I just think we've, we're doing this Austin a disservice by calling him, quote-unquote, third star or, you know, the third guy on this team. I think he slots in really nicely as a fourth, maybe even a fifth guy on, a, like, a really good playoff team. But um, this is just kind of the burden of, you know, not having a lot of two-way guys on your roster, not a lot of shot creation or outside mm-hmm. shooting. And, you know, Reeves does fill a lot of those holes. But, I mean, again, it's just kind of a slippery slope to relying this much on a role player. Um and look, back to the question, like, I mean, the dirty secret or the dirty question I've been wanting to ask is, like, how much better are the Lakers even with DeJounte Murray? It's a fair question. Yeah, how much how much better are they? If you gave up your first, you give up a pick swap, you give up, I mean, JHS obviously isn't playing for them right now anyway. You give up Reeves, you'd have to add in something else there. Well, no, I guess that would get it done math-wise. You'd be close. Um, how much better would they be? Like they'd be they'd be better. Like, but do they win this game? Yeah, like here, here's how I look at everything, right? And I think when you talk about the Lakers, you have to look at it through a playoff lens. Sure. Um if I told you that DeJounte Murray got the Lakers to the second round versus just the first round, even, like how much happier are you? Right. That's uh, at least more respectable, but is that a championship winning move? I guess is the question. Yeah, and like, look, like, I guess you can argue long term, right? Because he's under contract for the next four years. You have him next to AD, yada yada yada. Like, that's fine. Like, I I'm happy to 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 look at it that way. But I'm just saying, like, I just think there's a lot of discourse about Dejounte Murray being the difference between the Lakers being a playing team and a and a championship contender. I just don't mm-hmm. think that's that's really, at least I personally don't believe that's the case. Yeah, especially I don't think he's the perfect fit with LeBron and AD. I think he's very good. He's very talented. And I mean, man, now that the Hawks just lost Trey Young, he's going to have to really step up. But he would help this team. How much does he turn them into a championship team? I don't know. But it's hard to not watch a game like this when Max Christie is sitting on the bench and your guard defense is getting eaten alive to not look at that and think, yeah, okay, DeJounte Murray probably helps in, in that situation. I don't know that he defends Devin Booker all that, you know, it's not like he's stopping Devin Booker, but he's definitely a better defender than the, what the Lakers have a guard right now. So 
it, it is a tough one. It, it's a tough one for sure to watch, the, to get this performance out of Austin, get this performance out of the Lakers overall and not sit and think, oh, maybe, maybe the grass would have been greener over there. Yeah, like, look, like, this is not me saying DeJounte Murray is a bad player. I think he's great. Sure. It's just, look, I, I think he would have been one piece of the puzzle and given the Lakers resources and other things, like, he would have just needed to supplement more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ree said, Royce is a 30% three-point shooter. Is he really? Is he 30% from deep this season? I don't know if it's uh, this season. I think that might be career, but let me double check. I know he didn't shoot as well this season. I thought he was in a bit of a slump. He goes 6 of 10 against us. LOL. Everybody wants to shoot against the Lakers, and we don't have enough offense versus Suns. Beal was out too. Well, the Lakers, you saw them making the choice of making Royce O'Neal hit shots, making some other guys hit shots, and to his credit, he knocked them down. But um, yes, it, it's hard to... like. You know Devin Booker's going to get his. You know Kevin Durant's going to get his. When you've got... Yusuf Nurkic going nuts when you've got Grayson Allen going nuts and then even 11 points from Bull Bull off the bench that hurts that's what you needed to minimize and this wasn't a great Kevin Durant game he was seven for 20 so maybe that somewhat mitigates this but you had too many other sons get going and do stuff Nurkic Allen Bull Bull Royce O'Neal all of these guys coming in and giving you double digit scoring that's difficult to overcome. You're overcoming KD. You're overcoming Booker. The Lakers did what they could defensively to try to make other guys hit shots, and those guys did. They knocked them down. That's where it's really difficult to overcome. Uh, for the record, uh, this season, Royce is 36% career 38. Okay. So he's, so he's, he's good. He's not, he's not a 30%. Yeah, he's, he's a good three-point shooter. So he's good. He, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Um, the free throws. Austin talked about it after the game. He's, I'm seeing some of the quotes coming out here um, saying they've got to do a better job getting to the free throw line. The Suns actually won the free throw battle by a significant amount. Again, you can go back to the officiating for that. I felt like the Lakers were fouled a number of times, didn't get calls on that, but the Suns probably had some calls too that they could have gotten, didn't go their way. How big of an issue is this? Because it seemed like last year you saw Austin getting to the free throw line a lot. Yep. You miss Dennis Schroeder, who is able to manufacture free throws just about at will as well. How big of an issue is that moving forward? Because it does seem like the Lakers really need to get that going. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's um it's tough for the Lakers to win games if they don't have like one of those like swing metrics in, in their favor, right? So like mm-hmm. free throw shooting, rebounding, um, three-point shooting. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's a problem. Like I think when we've seen the Lakers at their best, it's when they are the more physical team. It's when they're initiating contact, drawing fouls, when getting mm-hmm. into the bonus early. Um, you know, I do think that the Lakers not getting to the free throw line has something to do with AD's early foul trouble. Um, Cause you know, he's a big reason why the Lakers get to the line so often. So I think that's part of it also, but I think from a guard standpoint, it's, it's hard when you don't have enough guys that can, you know, get North South and, and, you know, draw contact. Like Delo is not that kind of guard. Reeves is that guard, but today not, not so much. Um, Spencer kind of the same issue also. So, yeah, I I definitely think that unless it's, you know, someone like LeBron or Reeves trying to, you know, force the issue a little bit, it's going to be hard for the Lakers to draw fouls, especially when AD is not as aggressive as he normally is. Uh, Matt, I need I need intro music here or something like that because uh, we got our guy Mark Gunnels jumping in. Mark, how you doing? Sad, hey, right? I'm good. How you guys doing? Sad. Well, it's yeah. sad. We're, we're sad. Yeah. 
<laughs> we're sad for yeah. sure. Um, but Mark always comes in to help us out with uh, with making our picks for Sleeper, which is a great sponsor for us. Matt, I'm going to pop you back in in just a moment here. Um, Mark, again, Sleeper, they do a great job. You, can, you guys can download the Sleeper app. You can find it over at any of your app stores, and you can also use the QR code that you guys see on the screen right now. We're going to make a few picks real quick here through Sleeper. Let's take a look right. at this. Very easy one, obviously. First of all, uh, we've got a pick on sale here. Steph Curry, oh, more or less than 21 and a half points against Denver. I think I'm going to go ahead and pick for you there, Mark. We're going to take the more yeah. on that one. Uh, after that, though, let's look at let's look at the guy we've been talking about. DeJounte Murray. No Trey Young. More or less than 12 and a half assists and rebounds. I got to go more. You know, Agreed. no Trey Young. So obviously his volume should go up as far as his usage with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, I'll definitely take more there. Yeah, I'm with you as well. And by the way, guys, again, you guys can download the Sleeper app. Use our code Lakers Nation. You get a $500 first deposit match. All right, let's get one more. We'll build a three-player pick here. Uh, and let's go. Oh, let's go with one of my favorite guys. Alperin Sengun uh, with the Houston Rockets. 35 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined. Uh, seeing what he's done, he's gone under that in all four of his last games, going up against OKC tonight. What do you think on on Sengun? More or less than 35 and a half uh, uh, points, rebounds, and assists? I'm going to have to go less. You know, like you mentioned, he's been under that the last four games. And then also against OKC, you got Chet Holmgren down there. You know, I don't think it's going to be too easy uh, for him in that matchup. So I'm going to have to go less. All right. I dig it. Going less on Sangoon, one of my favorites, but I do think we could be in for an OKC blowout, which would limit his yeah. minutes there. Yeah. Uh, on a $20 entry, 4.95x, you'd get 99 bucks out of that. Um, so, Steph Curry, DeJounte Murray, Alperin, Sangoon. That's who we'd be looking at on that play. If you guys want to play along with this, you guys can jump in, just download that Sleeper app, and you can find it. Uh, let me bring Matt the Optimist Peralta back in. Mark, again, thank you as always for jumping in here and talking. Can I get your th your thoughts on the game? Were yeah. you uh, available to watch the game before you get out of here? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was watching it at a friend's house. That's why I was rushing back home. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I heard Matt talking about the physicality. I agree with that. You know, when the Lakers are more more physical team, they normally win. And then we had eight free throw attempts today. Eight. It's not right? And, and we're known for being a team where other fans are – crying the, the game is rigged they shot 20 more free throws only shot eight so like that was the number that stood out to me the most obviously ad first half very slow his points in the second half was kind of it wasn't really impactful i know he ended up with like 23 points lebron really wanted this game you could tell lebron mm -hmm. was really going after it because this is a big game for the standings you know you're fighting for playing positioning trying to get out the play in so definitely a tough loss yeah for sure. That and you, that free throw issue. It, it's it's a big one. It's a big one. The Lakers yeah. have got to have an edge on the yeah. free throw line, and they simply did in this one. Mark, I I know you got to run. You've got uh, you've got the kid to attend to and and yeah. all of that. But appreciate you jumping on as always, man. And I need to get you on on a pod this week, and we'll uh, sure. we'll have a more in depth discussion. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, Mark. All right. No problem. See you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring. The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Matt, the optimist, mm-hmm. back at it here. Uh, Mark really not happy with the free throw discrepancy. He also mentioned uh, LeBron really wanting this game. Oh, yeah. How do you think LeBron's feeling right now? Now that you've dropped two games against teams you're directly competing with in the playoff race, are we at a point where we have to ask the question, does this impact LeBron's future this summer? Mm. I don't know necessarily if we have to. I feel like if if we were going to do that, we'd have done that a while ago because, like, look, I mean, as sad as this is to say, not much has really changed. I mean, the Lakers are still inconsistent. They'll still win games that we don't think they should, and they'll lose games that we think they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's probably worth asking, depending on how the season unravels, like if the Lakers just flat out lose in the play-in tournament mm-hmm. in the first game, then I think it's, it's worth having a conversation. But I just think right now we don't really know too much. Um, he has not really given us many hints other than one emoji a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> do we get another emoji today? Did we? No, do we? Uh, oh, do be... we? Do we get one? Uh, it wouldn't shock me if we did. Yeah. Um, until we until that happens, I, I feel like LeBron is still happy being in Los Angeles, but you know, it, it is, it is, um, I wouldn't say it's a complete lock, but I will say that it's, it's, um, I would be at least be in the back of my mind thinking about it if I was him. Yeah. I wonder that LeBron may want like a three-year deal or something with the Lakers this summer. And maybe that's more what he's angling towards. Like I, I still have a hard time seeing him just leave LA. Some of it with Bronny and everything. But if this continues like this, they continue to have these, these are like emotionally painful losses. You have to. Does does that start to get to him? Because it did seem to bother him in, in today's game. Oh, for sure. I mean, look. I think he understood what this game meant. It's yeah. it's again, like we kind of mentioned it at the top already. But if you were serious about moving up in the standings, this is one of those games you absolutely needed to get. Um, there's just really no way around it. He knows this is like crunch time mm-hmm. for them. This is we are literally in the same spot we were last year. Yes. God, that's would, frustrating. Yeah, you would know. You spent, you spent a, the, most of last year with the anchor of, of Russell Westbrook's contract holding you back. And then you went on a big run. But to be, despite the, I mean, you go back and you look at the stuff from last summer, like Rob Palenka was widely praised and the roster looked good and you bring him back all his continuity and all that. 
to find yourself back in the same position, that is annoying for sure that this team has has not has found themselves in the exact same spot and it's funny because they are they're above 500 yeah but just the west is so good it's difficult to make up any ground and uh if you're playing if you're as inconsistent as you said as the lakers are right now that's not going to get it done i mean this does not make me feel any better but i just thought it's funny if the lakers were playing in the eastern conference they would be like in eighth place right now which isn't as much you would think they'd be in the east, given the way the east is, that they'd be like higher sixth or something, right? They'd be like sixth or something ridiculous like that. But eighth, okay, so they're up two spots. Like, like they would be two games behind the Sixers for fifth. Okay, that that is a little bit more impressive, right? Yeah, and like a little that bit feels more bad. Behind. Yes, yeah, but we knew that going in. The east yeah. has some good teams at the top, um, but they don't have the depth that the west. The west has a ton of depth, and remember, like you look at the western table. Memphis essentially just just blew up, right? Like they don't <laughs> exist anymore, right? Yeah. Like like their season was was over. They've been just buried by injuries and suspensions and all that. But if Memphis has everybody, they're a playoff team. Yep. So you look at the West right now and you look at how crowded it is and you have to remember there's a playoff team missing that got eliminated by injuries and, and suspensions and everything else. The Western Conference, it's insane. And Utah, Houston will probably be taking a step next season. Wemby's just going to get better. Uh, I mean, my goodness. What a this is a conference to be in. I mean, this is a good um, this is a good example for the argument that we should just do top 16 teams because the Hawks are going to make the play-in tournament at 24 and 32. Yeah, even Almost. without Trey Young. They're going to fall backwards. They're going to fall into the end zone and, and make the play-in tournament. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Sheesh. Said it's 2024 yeah. and the plan on defense is still to leave shooters open. Okay, so this is, and he's got a picture of Brooklyn Kevin Durant uh, uh, as his avatar here. But 2024, the plan on defense is to still leave shooters open. It is, and that's frustrating when you're seeing guys that are doubling down into the post to help specifically Anthony Davis, who's probably the best player in the NBA to handle going one-on-one with somebody. Maybe not Nurkic today, but in general, <laughs> when the Lakers double to help AD or help into the paint anyway and leave an open shooter, that drives me crazy. But the other problem was in today's game, they had to send extra help to help Austin, to help D'Lo, to help somebody who was on a mismatch with Booker, with KD. And part of that goes back to the decision to not play Max Christie, who's your one wing defender who maybe could have success in that position. So those shooters are getting open not just because of scheme choices, but because of personnel choices that the Lakers are making. And you're just hoping, fingers crossed, hey, we hope that today the guy who's got like the best three-point percentage in the league, Grayson Allen, is not going to hit shots. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, just too many too many leaks to plug, I feel like. I mean, there's... Whack-a-mole. Yeah, it's whack-a-mole. Like, I, I understand what the Lakers are trying to do defensively. Like, it's just... <laughs> there's no really good answers for these things. Um... And yeah, like, look, this is what we said at the top also. Like, the Phoenix role guys got the shots that they wanted and they hit them when they needed to. And that was the biggest difference in this game. Uh, Reem says, AD, eviscerated by Nurkic on both ends of the floor. Well, you're not wrong. Uh, Austin Reeves, complete no-show again. Not knocking down open shots again. Liability all over overall when his shots aren't falling. Again, that's the game. Is I, I think it comes down to more than just that. Yeah. It, this was not a good Austin Reeves game, and you really need him to step up and, and get going here. 
Um, hopefully next game he will. I still think he's a very talented player. I still think he's a, a value on his contract, but there's, I mean, you got to be a little bit disappointed uh, that he didn't have a bigger performance in this one. And, and AD, I never would have thought AD would get beat the way he did in this game by Nurkic. He is, he has played very well against Nurkic in the past. I was, I was very surprised by what we saw in this one. Yeah. I, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I thought Austin didn't have a good game, but I wasn't like pinning the entire loss on him or anything. I think that's a little dramatic. Um, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think it is very fair to have the Nurkic versus AD conversation, though, because that just should never happen. Um, that can happen. It just, it, it shouldn't. Like, I'm not saying no. Nurkic is a bad player by any means, but we've been talking up Anthony Davis as like a borderline MVP guy at the Lakers had a better record, right? And that's just, that's the guy the Lakers needed today to win this game. And, I don't think it was surprising that the second half run came when AD started to to hit shots and get more involved. Um, that that to me correlates. So, yeah, like look, the Lakers are very much built on their two stars. They need to be constants every single game. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you will get performances like these. Um, like I can't even think of too many games now where the Lakers role players did most of the heavy lifting and the Lakers won the game. Um, I mean, I'm sure there is one, but just off sure. the top of my head, I can't think of one. So, like, that just kind of exemplifies, Austin. yeah, like that just kind of exemplifies the burden that the that LeBron and AD have to have, or that they carry every single night. Yeah, and that's that can wear on on players over the course of the season. Again, they've been pretty he pretty healthy, and this is not a Anthony Davis is bad or or we're so upset with Anthony. Like Anthony Davis Austin, yeah. has been great. He's been amazing this season he's been fantastic i think he's the best defensive player in the nba i think he should win defensive player of the year i think it's ridiculous that he's not going to because of where the lakers are at in the standings why are we turning individual awards into a team award why do we keep doing that it's insane it's how marcus smart got a defensive player of the year because he was on a really good defensive team and was a good defensive player but that is a whole other other conversation but ad's been great this season today was not a good day for him despite having a decent stat line. And Austin Reeves had a decent stat line. Today was not a good day for him. D'Lo, I thought, it may have had some big moments for the Lakers again. He's been hitting shots. But overall, the Suns got more out of their other guys than the Lakers got out of theirs. And that was a, a major factor. And Nurkic was a big, big piece. If Nurkic outplays Anthony Davis, there goes a, much of your edge, and that game becomes very, very difficult to win. Yeah, I mean, I'm I have been in the camp where Anthony Davis needs to be either the best or second best guy on the yeah. floor almost every day, or else the Lakers are just going to have a tough time. All right, let's get into our favorite. It feels like the whole show has been kind of a master lock show, <laughs> but much. but let's let's do it. Chat, let us know what did you find most annoying from this game. Fire it off in the comments section. Let's do it. The master lock of the afternoon in this case. Master Lock of the Night. The Master Lock of the Night. What are we master locking in this one? Uh, I mean, I just have too many choices, I feel like. <laughs> it's. I love it when we don't know what to master lock because they played so well. Today, we don't know what to master lock because there's too many things to choose from. Oh, uh, here we go. We've got Master Lock Everyone. Uh, that's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. Uh, the guy from Frazier says master lock the excuse. Did we make any excuses today, Matt? Um, I mean, if contextualizing is excuses, then yes. Okay. Um, let's see what else we've got. Master lock, Anthony Davis, uh, Austin Reeves and Darvin Ham. 
I think those are kind of like your leading candidates, right? Right? Because they're, well, okay, like in this game, I thought the Suns had a size advantage for much of this game. It, it felt like there were long periods where we didn't see enough Rui Hachimura. Like 26 minutes for Rui, that was a little a little much for me. I mean, as the as the president of Port, I mean, as the president of Torian Prince Island, I think there was too much of him today too. Um, sure, should should say a lot. Um, I mean, I guess for me, it's just the I, here. I, I I'll say this. I guess I'll master lock slow starts in general because okay. I think for me, anytime I've watched the game this year, the first quarter tells me a lot about how the night's gonna go, or I guess in this case, the afternoon. Um, if the Lakers are competitive, they have a lead or it's close, whatever, I, I feel really good about their chances of winning that game just because I know they're locked in for that day. But if they come out the way they did today, I already know this is going to be a long game. Um, and look, I, I did get a little hopeful every time they made a run, but I was just uh -huh. kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop because I've seen this episode so many times at this point. Like they and we saw it last season, too. They literally exhaust themselves to get back into a game and then yep. just can't 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 keep going. Yep. Like, yeah, it, it's like, you know, you see it, it's like somebody running a race. You see them where they're yep. trying to catch up to the guy in front and they just the last hundred yards or whatever. And they just uh, they just run out of gas and they and then the other guy pulls away. Uh, that's kind of what, what had been happening to the Lakers. I'll tell you what, after that first quarter, we were talking about on a playback. I said, look, if they can cut it, cut into the lead a little bit in the second, trim a little bit more in the third. If you can go into the fourth down like five or something, you feel pretty good. And that's exactly what they did but then they couldn't close in the fourth quarter. And it all goes back, though, to that first quarter where you give up a 45-point first quarter for no reason. Uh, a lot of it just self-inflicted. Some of it's shot-making for the Suns, but a lot of it just self-inflicted wounds from the Lakers. But my master lock, it's got, it drives me insane. It's the offensive rebounding, the second-chance oh, sure. points that you're giving up. Yep. When you see the defense, right, there were, there were moments where the Lakers didn't close out to three-point shooters, and that was frustrating. There were moments where that burned them, but I said going in, the offensive glass was going to be a big thing because the Suns are, I believe they're seventh in the NBA in three-point percentage, and you tend to give up open threes off of offensive rebounds. That's, that's what tends to be generated is open three-point shots. And so it was going to be critical that the Lakers limit the offensive rebound attempts from the Suns. Instead, they did the opposite, and the Suns feasted on the offensive glass. It's been a problem in the past for the Lakers, and it's the most frustrating thing to watch when you see the team fight and fight and fight, and they make the right the right de defensive decisions, and they get a good contest, and they get a missed shot, and then they have to do it all over again. It's so deflating, especially when that offensive board turns into a made three. You can see it just take the energy away from the team by master lock. It's the offensive rebounds that were given up. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. It's just the Lakers making life way harder for themselves than they need to. Um, and I think any sort of analogy that has to do with them, you know, trying to dig themselves out of a hole is very accurate. <laughs> um, like I said, like this team just doesn't have a lot of a lot of room for error. So they need to do all the things right off the bat. There's just no coming back and and you know turning it up when they need to and then hoping that's enough like no that needs to be from the jump mm -hmm. absolutely uh d'angelo russell did say that because there were a lot of a lot of jump shots there were a lot of long rebounds and he says we've got to be better at helping ad on the glass i mean that's not wrong yeah i mean looking at the box score you've got 
obviously Nurkic was the the big one with seven offensive rebounds, but then everybody else, like Saban Lee came in, got an offensive rebound. Bull Bull had an offensive rebound. Eubanks, Booker, Grayson Allen, Royce O'Neal, Kevin Durant, all these guys guys had offensive rebounds. And a lot of those are those mid-range, long-bounce rebounds. That's where the Lakers guards, they've consistently struggled with this, but they've got to be better at putting a body on their man and getting to the ball. And that's one area where, look, Russell Westbrook's contract, it was, it was awful for the Lakers. Uh, that trade was one of the worst trades we've seen in NBA history in terms of how devastating it's been. But that's one area that he really excelled was rebounding from the guard position. You can see where the Lakers are lacking uh, rebounding from the other guys, the wings, the perimeter guys, and they rely on AD a lot to get those boards. And today, Nurkic had his best game of the season. I would imagine it's his best game of the season. He had his game tonight, and none of the other Lakers really helped AD out in that area. You know who's really good at def- who's good at rebounding at the guard position, Trevor? Uh, I think it's a, a guy with uh, first name three letters. Oh yeah, Max Christie. Yep. Um, yeah. If you needed any more support to give mm-hmm. him more minutes, it's also the defensive rebounding, which I think is a very and, underrated part of his game. And and I think this is key, Matt. It's not that Max Christie is the best player. Right, it's not that Max is better than Austin. Max is better than D'Lo or anything like that. Right, that's not what we're saying. But his skill set was badly needed and would have been would have been useful in this game. And he got five minutes in a game that was screaming for a defensive three and D style player to be in the game. That's what Max is. I he's young. He just turned twenty one. I know that's you know that's that's part of it too. He's not reached his final form yet, right? Like he's not a, a veteran. He's not. He makes mistakes out there as young players do. But this game was screaming for his skill set, and he sat there and sat there and sat. There. Um, it goes back to my favorite Lakers adage at this point. If it makes too much sense, they're not going to do it. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, we've kind of seen that, haven't we? Oh yeah. Just don't even get me started on the list. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where the answer is staring right in front of you and we want to zag because zigging is too cool. It's like uh, Brooke Lopez saying, yes, I want to come back and I'll take less. No, no, thank you, Brooke. We're no, no, we're we're not interested. We're not we're not interested. Sorry, Brooke. Alex, you want to come back for less years and less money? No, 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 Alex no. Caruso. We we don't think you're worth that much. He's he may literally be the best contract in the league right now. At least he's top so, five best contract. Sorry, guys. We didn't mean to. I I swear I didn't mean to bring up Caruso again. It's just I was following <laughs> I was following Trevor's lead. But yeah, there's more things to be mad about. Um, all right. Let's do let's finish up with uh, a couple more here, and then we'll we'll call it mercifully an afternoon. Um I've got I've got this one. Honestly, thought this game could be reminiscent of the Mavs game last season. Oh, yeah. After the deadline, huge comeback, but the first quarter was too much to overcome. Oh, we needed Vando for that. We did. We needed Vando. And you just, you can't, you can't put yourself in that position where you have to, to try to run uphill the entire time. You just can't. Nope. Well, I see here. This one, AW. So the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Every game is the same problems. Even when we win, when we win, it feels like a loss. Um, something has to change. You know, I was actually thinking about that mid-game. I, I I think like around the third quarter when the Lakers cut it to two, 
Um, mm -hmm. I was like, I feel like this is kind of a win where both teams or both fan bases will be annoyed about how it played out. Uh-huh. Um, because I think Suns fans are also kind of going through it a little bit. Uh, maybe not as bad as the Lakers fans are, but the Suns also have not been playing very well as of late. Um, they've slipped to eight after I think being five or four for a while. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like look, um, I think that the Lakers just have so many symptoms of a bad team, and I think a lot of the solutions I've been seeing are curing symptoms, but not like the root cause. Which again, bigger conversation for the off season, but. Mm -hmm. I think this is just the way that this team is going to look for the rest of the way because look we're past the trade deadline buyout market's pretty much done this is your team this is your staff this is your schedule like these are this the cards you, yeah these are these are the cards you're dealt and you're gonna just have to do something with them or else we're talking we're taking early vacations which i won't oh, that's about so after watching this year <laughs> coming, coming from the optimist this is so depressing so depressing. Um, all right, last thing here. My guy said, by said, seeing those two fast break dunks live is worth it. He's a LeBron guy. Um, I, I'm glad he went to the game in Phoenix. I'm glad he was able to get something out of it at least. But gosh, that was a brutal game. Brutal. I guess uh, for the, the at the risk of jinxing it, I will be at the Lakers Kings game next Wednesday. Oh, um, okay. I just thought it'd be fun to catch a game in person. Um, they're undefeated. They're one and zero when I am in attendance this year. So hoping to make it two and zero. And um, I just hope that. You know, us Lakers fans are are backing off the edge, and we'll we'll enjoy that game and hopefully a win. Fingers crossed. Hopefully they can get Fingers that done. Crossed. All right, everybody, appreciate you guys for joining, Matthew Optimus Peralta. Thank you for coming on here. Always, uh, always a pleasure to talk Lakers basketball with you, even even when it's on a tough day like today. Oh yeah, and you know it's not a it's not a live stream without me throwing out some sort of relationship thing. So fellas, mm -hmm. if uh, you're sad, take your girlfriend or your partners out and and you know show them a good time because you've got time today. You do have time. That's right. It's still early, plenty of time. The night is young. The night hasn't even begun yet. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Again, thank you guys so much for joining, coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Of course, give us that five star rating and review over on Apple Podcast. Definitely a great way to help out the show. Check out our channel membership program as well. Hit that join button and then use that link in the description to go check out Sleeper. Thank you, everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.